SNZ at a minute past nine on Saturday the 6th of January 2024 and the Kings of Leon are knowing somebody. Well, I know somebody that you don't know and I don't know. Make sense? Not really. Don McIntyre is the ocean and founder of the Ocean Globe Race. Now, this is old school, Sonny. You know, we always talk about things like old school music. I love to play old school music. I'm a child of the 80s. But old school sailing takes on a different beast when you're travelling around the world, sailing around the world in boats... Pre-1988, Don joins us right now from Viaduct Harbour. Morning to you, Don. Welcome to the show. Yeah, morning, Stephen. Good to be on. Mate, I was looking uh, up this for the ch- chat. I'm going, you've got to be crazy, right? So let's let's start back from the beginning. Uh, this was, yeah. what, four years in the planning around the world race? Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. It's been uh, a long time to pull it together, but we've got some uh, good support, including from uh, Tafakai, Auckland, you know, to bring us in here, and we're happy to be here, believe me. So you got to explain to people about the boats that are, that are being sailed and what they are and aren't allowed to have. Yeah, well, firstly, we're stepping back in time because it's the 50th anniversary of the first Whitbread races, and uh, I think everyone in Auckland knows all about that, you know, with Lion New Zealand, Stein Lager, you know, the late Sir Peter Blake. So we're recreating the image and, and style as well. So they're older boats, but if you want to listen to music, for instance, you have to use cassette tapes. You're not allowed to have any iPhones, no computers on board. You know, if you want to navigate, you've got to use a sextant and paper charts. So it's bringing it back to exactly the way it was 50 years ago. And uh, the entrants themselves are just loving it. You know, they can't believe they're living the dream and, and going back and sailing on boats as, as you know, majority of crew are amateurs. You know, you don't have to have huge amounts of money even to win the race. We've got rules that, that knock out the issue of money. You know, there's restrictions on lots of things. So it is literally uh, going back to the golden era of uh, the way it all began, you know, 50 years ago. You know, this, you know when you, as soon as you said you're using sextants rather than GPS or satellites or no computers, I mean, how, how hard is that for, let's just say, amateur sailors to take on, knowing they're going to sail around the world? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a new skill that is sort of uh, uh, covered in mystery and mystique, but it's not that difficult. Once you get into it and actually learn the basics, get out and use a sextant, it's just a device that measures an angle between the sun and the horizon. So uh, everyone's really uh, surprised at how enjoyable it is, but it can be challenging. You know, if you're in a big storm and you've got big seas and there's no sun, you know, you can't do it. You've got to sort of guess through uh, you know, DR navigation, course and speed, where you are, you're not actually sure. So if there's no sun for, for five or six days, you're, you're sort of making a calculated guess where you are. Um, but they are all loving it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's starting a whole new movement too around the world. You know, we, we've been doing these sorts of events for a while and, and there's a whole new interest in celestial navigation. So that's one of the human stories that come from it. And it's all about humans driving the boats even. You know, everyone's... This sounds kind of strange, but actual uh, sailors are steering the boats and we're the only race around the world now via the three gate capes that that actually insists that you do that everyone else is using autopilots and bits and pieces you know yeah but i suppose if there anything was ever to happen your sailors are in a good are in a good space aren't they if, if everything's <laughs> well, going to shut down your sailors know exactly what they're doing no autopilots no nothing everybody else is in the poo yeah, yeah. Well, it's up to them, you know. That's the, one of the other beauties of the race. It's all about human stories, you know, rather than ultimate speed. You know, it's still a race, but it's a grand adventure. And no one's been able to do this for 30 years. Sounds strange, but, you know, we all know about the America's Cup, which is great, and, and the high-tech races and so on. But the Whitbread actually went for fully professional 
uh, in the early 90s. And so that meant you had elite sailors, which is great and exciting, but the average club sailor couldn't do it. You know, they're not at the Olympic standard or whatever. But now uh, any club sailor can participate in this race. You know, it's, it's quite unique and they're loving it. Was this the reason you sort of said it's, we're, we're bringing it back to the people as sort of one of your mantras? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a sailor myself, and I'm an adventurer, and I tried to do the Whitbread three times or something. And and uh, you know, there's I know there was a latent demand there, you know, from people that would love to race around the world but didn't have the venue or, or the opportunity because it was professional. And now, you know, the, when you go down to see the boats, the boats are in Jellicoe Harbour. There, um, you'll see they look, you know, they're still very safe, very secure, very solid. Um, but they're ordinary, you know, nor to swan boats that you might be cruising up to the Bay of Islands or something like that. And, uh, you know, you still have a classic boat at the end of the race, so you don't have to, you know, spend millions and millions um, and end up with a boat that's a lemon at the end of the race. You know, they're still classic, beautiful, uh, designed yachts and very seaworthy, you know. And we also have seven, there's three classes, but one of the classes we call flyer class, and that's exclusively for uh, Whitbread boats that have entered any of the first three editions of the Whitbread race, so seven in the fleet have actually visited uh, Auckland before, you know, in the, in the late 70s uh, when they were racing around the world, you know, with, you know, doing it back then. So that's a recreation as well, and, and it's, it's great to see. Of those seven boats, are there any that uh, are people that would remember the Whitbread? Are there any more, some familiar names of those boats, or have they been renamed? Uh, a bit of both. I mean, most would probably remember Penjuic. It was a very controversial boat at the time. It was sailed by the, uh, the late uh, Eric Tabley. Uh, that's come back again, sailed by his do- only daughter, uh, Marie Tabley. That's that's a pretty big one. Uh, the first woman skipper of a Whitbread boat was a lady by the name of Claire Francis, and she had a boat called ADC Accutrack. That boat now is called Translated Nine and is actually winning the race. Uh, Spirit of Helsinki was Phaser Finland. Um, Maiden is here. I think a lot of people in New Zealand will remember Maiden with Tracy Edwards. Well, that's back with an all-women crew again, so she's on the dock. The Spree to Keep uh, had a few different names, um, but she actually won the Whitbread. Uh, she entered three different times and finally won it. So there's some pretty interesting boats down there. And we've already had quite a few uh, you know, Kiwi Whitbread veterans that have sailed in the events. They've come down to look at the boats, and they're pretty gobsmacked. So we're having a party for them on the 11th. We're having a Whitbread reunion for any any ex-Whitbread or Volvo sailors that uh, want to come down for a beer. You know, it'll all be on. Don, <laughs> yeah, yes, well, sailors do love a rum or five. Uh, talk, talk to me about uh, sailing the Southern Ocean in one of these boats. You said you tried the Whitbread three times, so I'm assuming you've sailed. The th- yeah. You've finished the Whitbread three times. But talk to me about the Southern Ocean in these boats now. Well, my experience down there was sailing, racing solo around the world in, in, the, in a race called the BOC Challenge. But they're now about to set off around Cape Horn, you know, which is one of the demanding legs. It's also one of the major inspirations and goals for any sailor. You know, if you ask them, do you want to race around the world or sail around the world, virtually every sailor say, oh, I'll be in that. And to do it, a race around Cape Horn is a big deal. So they'll leave here, they'll head south and get into the roaring 40s and the furious 50s and so on. And they could face, um, you know, some pretty severe conditions. You know, I've seen it down there at over 20 metres, you know, winds of, you know, 50, 60, 70 knots. um, And it's pretty demanding. It'll get very cold, you know, it might be snowing. We have some ice limits to keep them away, hopefully from icebergs and so on. But one of the interesting aspects, while the boats are extremely well prepared and the crews have to qualify for lots of things before they get in it, when they left Cape Town even, there was only three of the 200 or 180-odd crew 
on board the boats that had actually been in the Southern Ocean before. So oh. it's a huge learning curve for them as well. And, a, and an incredible adventure. I mean, they're all talking about it. And, and the event itself is just full of human stories. And in fact, we've got a huge amount of non-sailors following the race, which is really quite interesting. It's more than just sport. You know, it's, it's all about human endeavour, you know, spirit, challenge, all those sorts of things. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, you've, so you've got non-sailors that will be facing those sort of conditions in the Southern Ocean. I mean, is, oh. there, is there any, I mean, what's, oh, not, what sort not, of... Not non-sailors, but they've all trained, you know, but they're, they're good, strong sailors, but most have been in the Atlantic rather than down into the Southern Ocean. And they've now got the experience of uh, the Indian Ocean League as well, you know, they're coming across from Cape Town. So they're all pretty pretty experienced and safe. Don, can you explain to me the types of people we've got in these boats? Oh, well... Like, like, yeah, yeah. like sort of, you know, occupations and those yeah. sorts of things. Well, it's across the board. Our youngest is, is a uh, guy called Ryder who's from New Zealand here. Um, he's on board. He's only 17, but he just had his 18th birthday. The oldest is 70, 73. Um, and it's across the board, accountants and engineers and uh, you know, pilots, uh, uh, truck drivers, uh, you know, wives, girlfriends, you know, the whole lot. It's, it's a mixed-gender crew. You've got to have mixed-gender. So we've got a lot of women sailing in the race as well. And uh, there's no set sequence there. You know, they're all just ordinary people that and sailors that wanted to face the ultimate challenge, and that's what they're doing as a team. And uh, there's a lot of camaraderie there because you, can you can't use your satellite phone, for instance, to call family and friends. You can only use it for safety and calling the race office. And so they're using HF radios, and they're all amazed at, at what's going. They have chat sessions during the day, and none of them have experienced that before, you know, in current racing and sailing. And it's just making them bond because they're all having a lot of fun on the radio the way they did 50 years ago, you know, so... So the people are just a complete mixed bag. I couldn't describe it. Uh, anything other than what I would say is in terms of the nationalities, just under half the fleet are French sailors, right, spread across all the boats. We've got five French entries out of the, um, out of the uh, uh, 13 yachts uh, currently racing. And then, we, you know, we've got a huge number of nationalities. You know, it, it really is across the board. Yeah, that's interesting too. You talk about sort of half the fleet or the sailors being French because it's uh, quite <laughs> inspiring to say with the next America's Cup, well, this year in Barcelona, uh, the French have finally returned. And I, I really had no understanding how strong uh, the French have been and the history they have in sailing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're quite passionate. I mean, we live in France now, and, and uh, uh, yeah, the French are, French are nuts over it. You know, it's, it's, uh, they love the adventure, and if you're, a, good, if you're a, a winning sailor in France, you're a national hero. You know, you get medals of valour and medals of honour from the government and, and things like that. It is a completely different ballgame. So, so, yeah, there is a, a strong French contingent. But once again, I mean, we've you know, got eight, eight nationalities in the entries themselves and across the border, the, the sailors on board, you know, we've got representatives from nearly every country you know, but only a few from New Zealand so we're hoping to see a New Zealand entry in the 27th edition of the race. Oh so, you, oh, so you're going to go again? You've already, you've already planned the next one? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah we've got a lot of interest building very quickly about the race because it is available to any sailor you know we've got like some people they've just got you know five guys they get together and they put money in the can they buy a boat they fit it out go do the race and at the end of the race they sell the boat split the split what left together you know you, you don't need millions of dollars to do this you can really get out there and face a, an incredible adventure and and uh, you know it goes for years you've got years of planning and preparation for each of the entrants so it's a great adventure I mean this this next question will uh, sailors will understand that but some people that don't understand sailing won't understand it. You put a restriction on sales, so no more high-tech sales. 
uh, with with all sorts of you know compounds and to, to make them stronger. Uh, what are, what are the sails are the boats using? Well, firstly, I'll give you an example. In in 1977, the winner of the race was a boat called Flyer by Connie van Richthofen, a Holland entry. He used over 50 sails during the course of the race. He set off with 25. He blew some out, so he bought another seven, I think, in Cape Town. By the time he got to New Zealand, he thought, oh, they're a little bit stretched. Let's just buy all new ones. So he bought all new ones. You can imagine the money. You know, it's just you could spend a million bucks doing that. And so we've said, right, every boat can only have uh, 11 sails on board. And you're not allowed to take them off the boat. So you have to build them strong and you have to give them, uh, you know, sail the boat sensibly so you don't blow out your sails. They're only allowed to use Dacron. It's similar, you know, not high-tech materials like carbon fibre or Kevlar or anything. And it keeps the cost down and makes the sailing more interesting. But if they do need to send the sails to the sail loft for repair, uh, it costs them a 12-hour penalty for each sail. But they can repair the sails on the boat. We don't allow them to take the sails off the boat for repair. And that's all got to do with keeping the cost down and making the sails safe and sensible. And it's causing some interesting challenges for some of the boats, I've got to tell you. Uh, we also, in the head count for sails, if a sail at the start of the race is older than eight years old, we give them a 50% discount on the count. So you can have two old sails over eight years old, and it only counts for one in the uh, minimum <laughs> restriction. And the reason for that is sustainability because, you know, people just buy sails, use them for two seasons and then throw them away. Or, so oh, we can buy a better one, which is more, you know, a better shape or something like that. So that's, you know, we, we've got uh, quite a few restrictions on sails. And uh, there's no reason to, to uh, blow your money because, I mean, in the, we also run a race called the Golden Globe Race, a single-handed race around the world. And those guys sailing all the way around the world put a mainsail up and two headsails and don't change them for the entire race. Right, they sail all the way around the world with those three races, and the other sails they use it spinnakers up and down, and, and you know furling sails. But you can build sails these days to get around the world without having to, you know, keep buying new sails all the time. You know, waste yeah. of money. Don, how did you get into all of this? Oh, well, I've been adventuring all my life, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, you know, I by the time I got to fifty, and I, you know, we've supported other adventures and do bits and pieces. But when I got to fifty, I thought, okay, time to put back. So since then, which is uh, too long ago, you know, <laughs> last twenty odd, you don't give it away. Twenty years, we've been we've been supporting adventure, and and this is all about giving people an opportunity to get out there and and do it, you know, and because there wasn't a venue to do this stuff, so uh, that's basically where I come from. I've been sailing all my life, and uh, my last big sail was in a in a in a little nineteen foot plywood boat, and I raced it across the Atlantic, um, and that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I do my own adventures, but. I love um, inspiring other people through events that we organise to, to get out there and have a go. Adventure's a good thing. It makes good people and it helps the world, you know. The world's a bit of a mess at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and your analogue racing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of fun, you know. It, 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 it's fun and it's challenging, you know. You don't you can have just as much fun on, a, on these sorts of boats as you could even on the America's Cup, maybe. <laughs> well, well, let's, well let's, 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 I, but I have to ask that question. I'm, I'm fortunate uh, to be the international commentator for the America's Cup coming up. And, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and, and I would love to understand your th- get your thoughts and how you look at what's going on in that arena. When, and, and, and there's so much foiling recreationally now as well. 
Yeah, look, I, I love it. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm an open, I've got an open mind on everything, uh, and anything to do with sailing or flying or cars, you know, whatever. I, mm. I love all that stuff, and and uh, certainly, you know, the, the America's Cup is mind-boggling. You know, to see what Grant's done to it and all that sort of stuff. A lot of people will criticise it. You know, some sailors will criticise it not a lot, but some will say, oh, it's not like real sailing. Way well, I look at it, hey, it's sailing, and check out what they're doing. It's it's gobsmacking. So same with the Vendée Globe. You know, super high-tech, single-handed race around the world. It's like holy dooly check this out you know um it's just nuts and so i love it all so it's not as if i i think they're no good and we're doing the right thing there's something in you know in sailing for everyone and that's the beauty of it whether you're sailing a, a, a laser off the beach or or whether you're, you're in the america's cup i mean it's, it's it's all good stuff you know how many boats have started and we're at the halfway points how many boats do you think will finish we, we started with 14 and we, we uh, had one retirement, a, a military entry in Cape Town, so we got 13 here. Two of the, the last two boats uh, coming in, there's one, last one's coming in on Monday morning, that's Explorer. It's actually our own boat, long story. They had a problem and had to return to Cape Town to repair that. And another boat, Sterner, a South African entry, similar situation. Now, once you get outside support, uh, you're knocked out of the rankings for that leg. So okay. uh, anyway, we got yeah, Explorer arrived Monday morning sometime, and then Sterner on Tuesday uh, uh, morning, and then the restart uh, with all 13 boats will be on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, and people can watch it from the breakwater right up into the uh, Royal New Zealand uh, Yacht Club. Yeah. Yeah, Yacht Club, and they uh, sail, they're racing up the harbour, and there's a boy that brings them right in close to the Akarani, Royal Akarani Yacht Club, mm-hmm. uh, and then it sends, so you can watch it along the foreshore there, then we send them across uh, to close to North Head, you know, he- heading out the harbour, so plenty of spots for people to check them out on the way, and if you want to come and see them, all the, all the crews have been on uh, holidays, you know, they got in and serviced their boats, but they've been enjoying the... Uh, the pleasures of uh, travelling around New Zealand. There's probably about 800, 900 people here with you know support crews, families, all having holidays, and now they're just coming back this weekend. And next week's pretty busy. Lots of safety inspections, briefings, so on, getting ready for the restart. So that's Sunday week, tomorrow week that they sail. Yep, that's it. 14th of January, and uh, we'd welcome everyone to come down to Jellico Harbour, have a look, and and as I say, we this stop over here has been absolutely unbelievable. We're in a really good spot. We really appreciate the support from uh, uh, Takai uh, Auckland. You know, they, they've uh, provided us with a lot of things and uh, everyone's really happy to be here and they'll be sad to leave, no question. Well, happy to have you as well. I'm going to be talking to uh, Tom Napper, a first mate on Penduick 6 uh, on Monday. So we'll I'll probably get some stories out of that. Uh, Don McIntyre. Oh, mate, he's... Tom is a gem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I will look good forward idea. to it. Thanks, yep. Don. Appreciate the time, and thanks Thank for bringing you. the Ocean Globe race to New Zealand, mate. Yep, cool.